Johnny Summers, uh, longtime fans are we of the handlebar right here in Chico. And I will tell you how long, 10 years, my friend, that's how long we've been a fan. And incidentally, that is how long they have been a bar in this lovely town of Chico. For people that don't know, please tell them more about the handlebar. That's right. It's uh, Chico's premier craft beer bar and restaurant with a killer happy hour, seven days a week, two to 6 p.m. You will get a dollar off any of their craft beer offerings, half off bottles of wine. It's a wild good time. If you follow them on Instagram or Facebook, which you should, they got a really solid deal right now too for their ten month or ten year anniversary, all month long in yeah. December. Yeah, you yeah. get a basic burger and a pale ale for ten bucks. That's a Chico deal, my friend. Come on, ten bucks. Ten bucks. I was in the other night. I know about the deal. It's just it, I couldn't believe it. I saw. It. I was like, really? Yeah, it's Still a doing? super solid deal. So they've been longtime supporters of us. We have been longtime supporters of them. It's a great relationship, and we think if you haven't been, you should check them out. Again, that's the Handlebar Chico right here at 2070 East 20th Street on the south end of town. Go check them out. Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. Hey, welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema, a craft beer and movie podcast and radio show based in Chico, California. I am Max Minardi. Johnny Summers here, reporting for Radio Duty. This week on the show, our review of Bones and All. It is the latest film from director Luca Guadagnino, starring Timothy Chalamet and others that we will talk about in just a little bit. But first, Johnny, what are we drinking this week? We are going to be doing two beers, both from Crowns and Hops out of Inglewood, California. Nice. The first beer is called Mama's Peaches. It is a peach goza. And then Slay's Stout. It's a maple glazed pecan stout. All right. We also have one more, um, I'm going to say a beer this week, but this is it's sort of a long time tradition that we often are able to avoid on the show um, where the, the person who didn't end up seeing the movie this week uh, has to drink a Four loco. We're going to talk about more about this, more about this in, in a little bit. Um, <laughs> well, that's what you just heard open. But it's me. And yeah, we'll get into it in a minute. But if you're listening on KZFR 90.1 FM, we hope you're having a fantastic Thursday evening. As a quick heads up, you're only going to be hearing the first 30 minutes of our show, which includes our first beer review and the spoiler-free portion of our discussion of Bones and All. But if you are so inclined to listen to the show in its entirety, which includes spoilers for Bones and All, a second beer review, my darn personality on a Four loco, and the always titillating segment, Hot and Bothered, Johnny will tell you what to do. <laughs> uh, go search for Fresh Hop Cinema Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, etc. We release new episodes every Friday morning at 7 a.m., and we've been doing that since 2016. So if you like the show, feel free to leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, and let us know you did. To hang out with us on social media search fresh hop cinema on twitter instagram letterboxd or untapped or just head over to our website freshhopcinema.com all right we're gonna get into patreon here before we do johnny take just take take some of that and just put yeah, in a glass i brought three glasses so i could sample i'm diverging from the format here a little bit because this isn't um falling under the purview of our radio time that is not the color i expected coming out of the america flavored four loco which is what um does the Patreon part make it on the, the radio cut? It does okay. not. No. So this is just podcast listeners hearing this. Um, but this is just, we'll get into it again later, but, but taste that. Cause I want you to have it before I really get into it while it's still cold and we can talk about it in a little bit, but that's the face I made too. <clears throat> so Patreon is oh this point this show. Um, it, you can give us money every week. Um, oh no, that's what we prefer per episode. You can give us a dollar or two or three all the way up to 10. There's actually not a limit. So however much, but we have tiers. Um, of rewards all the way up to $10 per episode. Uh, it's super easy to sign up. I actually signed up for um, a couple of musicians, Patreons today, 
And I always say on this show, like, it takes like two minutes. It literally does take about two minutes. So if you want to support our show, we have um, bonus episodes that we do. We do extra beer reviews and movie reviews and we have events like next week we have a bar hang. And if you're in Patreon, you'll get all the details for that. You can come and hang out with us in person and, and we talk about beer and movies and all the things in between. So that's patreon.com slash fresh hop cinema. Johnny, am I missing anything in terms of Patreon or other housekeeping? Nope. Okay, then that is all the stuff we have to take care of at the top of the show. Let's get into a brewery I'm very excited about, one that we haven't covered, I think, in a while. You'll probably be able to clarify, but that's Crowns and Hops, like you said, out of Inglewood. What are we drinking from them? And if you want to tell me anything, I would love if you happen to know how long it's been. Yeah, so we're drinking Mama's Peaches. It is kind of a, a peach cobbler-inspired sour, uh, but f- to revisit, we yeah. did Crowns and Hops once on the show, yeah. and we were only able to do one of their beers. Okay. But that beer scored perfectly from both of us. Tens? Tens. What was it? It was called uh, Elevated Cypher. I remember And that, that was way back in episode 193. Oh, man. Yeah, it was an IPA, 68.8%. We both gave it tens. Uh, so the question now, can they live up? To their perfect score. First the answer time the has to be no. I mean, I, that was maybe 2020. I think that sounds about right mm-hmm. for episode 193. What, what episode are we on now? Uh, 287. Oh, it's probably, well. It's been a minute. Yeah, it's probably about 2020. Yeah. Um, and granted, like we weren't going out as much, trying as many beers as usual. So, so there might be a slight curve that that beer was graded on. But I do remember thinking that beer was incredible. We both said it was a brewery to keep on our radar. And it was a straightforward IPA, so something that is a little bit more divergent in terms of style here with, as a fruited goza. Like, I don't know. Let's see if they can do it. I'm excited as well. So tell me about the beer. Absolutely. So Mama's Peaches, it's a uh, six point or six percent, no IBUs available. Good. Yeah, fruited goza. It's a goza with peaches, cinnamon, vanilla, coriander, graham crackers, sea salt, Good and Lord. hella more peaches. <laughs> okay. Um, all right, man, it's in the glasses now and it's, it's looking like I expected. It's going to taste a lot better than that for loco. Yeah. You want to tell everyone what flavor you're drinking? Well, so it's hard to, no, I don't really want to talk about it now, but I do want to throw out the disclaimer that you're getting at, which is that, you know, it's there, my, my reviews this week are probably going to be a little bit, if not a lot of bit, really, really tinged by whatever they put into these beverages. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I want to set it up now because people who don't know, just think I'm just drinking this for fun, kind of. Um, but it's a long-standing tradition. It is. Um, so why don't you go first, anyways, dude? Mama's peaches. What are your initial thoughts on this? Uh, tons of peach that is very, very, very not super ripe. That is tart peach. Does does not ripe slash tart translate to not tasting artificial in a beer, or no? I don't know. I mean, it depends. I've had beers that have really nice jammy, mm-hmm. juicy notes mm-hmm. of ripe peach. Almost like canned peaches. Maybe they use canned peaches and then this is like fresh peach. This trends almost towards tasting more like a nectarine. Yeah, there's some, but also still a not ripe nectarine. There's something mm-hmm. about biting into the, uh, the the skin of an unripe, either peach or nectarine, that uh, evokes a very particular sense of um, bitterness. Mm-hmm. And I think it might be the skin, but it could just be the fruit. Do you like what you've tasted? I like it. I definitely don't love it. So okay. I can tell you right away, this isn't going to be another perfect <laughs> score. No, it's, you know, I'm not getting a ton of the vanilla. I'm not getting a much of the graham cracker. Maybe a little bit on that first exhale after you drink it. You can yep. slightly taste it. But for having as many adjuncts as this has, you know, cinnamon, vanilla, coriander, graham crackers, really all I'm getting is uh, sharp, tart stone fruit juice and salt. Yeah, I I want we did a beer about actually almost exactly a year ago 
and you might have, nope, I got it. It's called, it was called Pie Hard with a Vengeance. And I want to say it was from Almanac. That sounds right. It was episode 249 and we were covering Matrix um, uh, Resurrections. Yeah. Is that what the new one's called? Um, you know, it might've been that beer. It might've been the other one we did on that episode, but it was absolutely sort of, like, it was like an apple pie flavored dessert uh, beer. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was a Goza. I don't either. But I do remember that the cinnamon and vanilla just really warmed up that entire experience. I loved that beer so much. And I want more of that in this too. Maybe it's the time of year. Maybe it's the type of beer. Who knows? Yeah. Pie Hard was a smoothie pastry was it? Uh, beer sure. from uh, Alvarado Street. Oh, it was Alvarado. Okay, this mixed up all the time. It happens. Did we do another beer from Almanac by chance? I don't know. I just Googled the beer, not the oh, okay. episode. Um, I'm, I'm with you. I like it. Don't love it. Mm-hmm. I... The, the shortest uh, critique is that I want less salt and probably more cinnamon vanilla. Yeah, I want this. It's, you know, on the can it says peach cobbler sour. Yeah, and definitely needs more. Yeah, more like bready graham crackeriness too. Yeah, and peach cobblers are very sweet. We're going to get into the weeds here because there is the fine line. I don't think this is close to the line yet, but there is a line somewhere where if it goes over, it's too sweet and too artificial and, and too, um, dare I say, derivative mm-hmm. of, of that dessert. When I think where this one is landing is closer to like, it's very clearly still beer. Mm-hmm. Needs some more. I think it might need more, but at the same time, I appreciate restraint in a beer oftentimes the same way I do in a movie. I think that's yeah. why this, this show is a good idea. I think if, pear. if you maybe would have called this peach kettle sour, my opinion would be completely different. But the expectation here was yes. peach cobbler, you know? And, yes. And I'm really looking for that vanilla and it's just not present at all anywhere. So yeah, it's, I don't think it's going to raise super high for me. I don't, yeah, I don't love it. It's, it's fine. Um, yeah, I don't get vanilla. I was, I took another drink just to see if I could find it, but even, even searching pretty hard. Yeah. There's no overt vanilla flavor. There might be some vanilla that's happening to mask some of the tartness, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't say that it's, it's a flavor. Definitely. Um, salts there, sea salts there, the coriander's there, Mm -hmm. um, true to, to, true to form of a goza. But other than that, it's, it's peaches and, and goza flavors for the most part not a whole lot of cinnamon vanilla definitely no graham cracker notes for me yeah um i think it's okay you know it's fine can i see the can can we talk about it i haven't seen it yet love the can if i recall the last one was um like a matte black kind of thing with a with a golden crown on it and this mm-hmm. is um this has got a lot of art to it i really i dig the can i see why you picked this up mm-hmm. um this was also canned on november 2nd so we've got it just about a month old which is great because it's uh you know, hopefully a pretty good indicator of what this beer is supposed to be. Um, I don't know. You want to give it a rating or you want to talk more about it? We could, we could read the can if we want. There's a little bit about it. It's dedicated to somebody. Well, it's going to make me feel bad about it. Let's rate it it and then I'll read it. Okay. Okay. Rate and then read. For me, it's like a five, two. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it's, for me, it's a six. I like it a little bit more than average. Um, but it's not not blowing me away or anything. Yeah, I don't tend to love this style, so to get a good rating, it has to really blow me out of the water. So a little bit lower for me. And now the woman you've insulted, <laughs> dedicated to Hattie Slack, who is by the can. And there's a lot of Polaroid pictures, by the way, which I think is is really a nice touch. Um, says this: a Louisiana woman who brought her three children to L.A. during one of the largest migrations of Black people from the South to the West Coast. Hattie and this community would set the stage for many pioneers of culture now known to the world. This series is dedicated as a series. That's fun. This series is dedicated to the matriarchs of our community who continue to influence strength, commitment, and radical change while exhibiting unconditional love. Cheers to the mamas. Well, I love that. Yeah, I also like I like a beer that attempts to tell a story like Mama's Peaches. It's mm-hmm. like a like a homemade peach cobbler. Yeah. 
uh, reminiscent of yeah home cooked meals. That's that's sweet. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah, it doesn't quite taste or change what we're tasting, but yeah, still yeah. a nice nod. Absolutely. Where'd you get this? Spikes. Spikes Bottle Shop. Yeah. 2071st East First Avenue, if mm-hmm. I remember right from our advertising days with them. Okay. Well, Mama's Peaches, it's a 5.2 for you, Johnny Summers. It is a 6 for me. And if you are just tuning in or you forgot, once again, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. If you get the chance to try Mama's Peaches or anything from Crowns and Hops, uh, just let us know. I think the easiest way to do that is probably to buy the beer and take a photo of yourself drinking it and tag us on your Instagram. We are at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema. Yeah. Do you think we got this wrong? Uh, do you love it? Do you think we got it right? You don't like it as much. Sure. Uh, you have a beer or brewery that you think we should review? Uh, message us on Instagram or send an email to fhccast at gmail.com and let us know. And hey, you know, I mean, if you like the show, you could leave us a five-star rating. That'd be cool. It's the, it's just, it's the holiday times. Just give a little. Come on. It's free. <laughs> do a good deed today. Yeah. Uh, also, do that on Apple Podcasts. It takes two seconds. And it really helps people discover us. Next, we have a trailer for Bones and All that I saw that Max didn't. So there's no spoilers in our discussion, but he's going to quiz me on it. So don't change that dial. We'll be right back. But you can't spend the night? Not all night. So where'd you move here from anyway? Eastern Shore. Try that. Cops get here. You have to be good and gone. I can't help you anymore. I know it's not your fault. You were born this way. You ate them. I believed you had to. I don't know why. I smelt you. I didn't know I could do that. I thought I was the only one. I don't want to hurt anybody. Famous last words. There are lots of us. I don't actually meet many others. Why did you offer to bring me along? You seem nice. I am nice. I came looking for you. I smelled you. You can smell me half a mile away. Can you do that? Not that far. I got rules. Never, never, ever ate an eater. I thought you might be hungry. For hens? Who lives here? Is there someone dead up there? I'm not gonna be like that. We don't have many options. Either you eat, you off yourself, or you lock yourself up in there. We're dangerous. You're one of us? Jake's teaching me how to smell other eaters. (laughs) But we can hurt one another just as bad. Business. You don't think I'm a bad person. All I think is that I love you. Well, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, a show about the worlds of craft beer. 
and sometimes less than craft beer. All right. And film. If you're listening on the radio waves of KZFR 90.1 FM today, you're only going to be hearing the first half of our show on the radio. But if you'd like to hear the whole thing, you can subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema on Apple Podcasts or wherever quality podcasts are found by you. It will be available to stream tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. So at the end of this, if you just can't get enough, go have a listen. And quite frankly, this is going to be one of those episodes where you're going to want to hear the second half. Me on blast like that. Absolutely. Um, all right. So what you just heard was a trailer for Bones and All. And since I didn't see it, I didn't get to write a fun uh, intro. So I'm just going to read what Letterbox had to say of the synopsis, which is this: Abandoned by her father, a young woman named Marin embarks on a thousand mile odyssey through the back roads of America, which is the flavor of my four logo, where she meets Lee, a disenfranchised drifter. But despite their best efforts, all roads lead back to their terrifying past and to a final stand that will determine whether their love can survive their otherness. This was directed by Luca Guadagnino, who directed Call Me By Your Name, also starring Timothy Chalamet. Um, though the more I hear about this movie, the more I think it has uh, almost nothing in common with that movie in terms of uh, themes and plot. There's a screenplay here by David Kajanik. Uh, and like I said, stars Taylor Russell as Marin Yearly, Timothy Chalamet as Lee. And then I don't know the significance of these actors in this film, but it also has Mark Rylance, Andre Holland, and Michael Stuhlbarg, who was in Call Me By Your Name. So I thought that was a nice touch. Mm-hmm. It runs two hours, 10 minutes, uh, premiered at the Venice Film Festival in September of 22, and then came to theaters on November 18th. Um, let's, uh, let's start like this. I've got a, well, no, let's start like this. Here's the four loco situation. That's how we're going to start. Okay. I, I really wanted to see this movie, dude. Um, I didn't have a chance to, and that is the short version of this. Um, I prioritized a different movie, which I'll shout out later. Um, and by the time I was going to see this film, there was only one showing in our town, which was like seven o'clock tonight mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. I couldn't do that. So a long standing, a longstanding tradition on the show is that when a person, one of us cannot see the movie for like, not super life and death reasons, but legit life reasons, they have to drink a four loco beginning at the top of the episode, finish it by the end. So that's where I'm at which means I'm all the more excited to hear what you thought of this. Because I was so jazzed on I loved I loved Call Me By Your Name. So did you. Mm-hmm. Love Timothy Chalamet. Yeah. We both love his performances and almost everything. So what did you think, man? Thus the almost, almost everything. I thought that young Timothy Chalamet could do no wrong. But alas, I find myself... Oh, him? And not just the movie, him? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So this movie was tough in a lot of ways. It was very clear that they were going for a horror, drama, suspense aesthetic. Okay. So think American Honey meets okay. Midsommar. Weird. Yeah. Okay. So very relationship and dialogue driven, but okay. also very intense and violent at points. But the whole crux of this movie is we have to be invested in these characters and their story because yeah. it's a well, it's really hard to say much about this without spoiling it. Spoilering. You, you do that a lot. Um, yep. Can I ask? Ask then. Is the is the synopsis that I gave the right way to set up this movie? I find that often the internet synopses are not, and I, that's why I write my own intros a lot of times because they don't really do it justice. I think that's a pretty good gist without with, yeah without okay. saying anything, but because like really the trailers give away next to nothing. Okay, great. So then, okay, perfect. So I'm thinking Midsommar, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking the other thing you just said. American Honey. American Honey. Yep. I don't know if a lot of people have seen American Honey. Well, they should. That's okay. Really? Yeah. I liked it. I liked it. I liked it quite That's a bit. That's true. Okay. Shia LaBeouf was great in that movie. Oh, I'm going to look at the other girl's name, because she was also in um, Hearts Beat Loud. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, I'm going to look up her name. Do it. So, okay. so, so thoughts in general. So, yeah, like I enjoy those style of movies and I enjoy the atmosphere and feeling that this film was attempting to achieve. What happened was it didn't do it well at all. Sasha Lane is her name. Sasha Lane. Great. Great actress. Yeah. Um, you could have just looked up there. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, they wanted us to be very endeared to these characters and mm-hmm. have it be very suspenseful. And, and you know, th- I'm judging this movie so much, not only on the technical problems with, like, the acting and the script. Okay. Because I liked the idea of this movie. I liked the aesthetic of it. It was a very beautiful movie to look at. Cinematography was nice. Yep. Where it really fell apart is in pretty much most of the actual execution for me. The the dialogue felt so forced, mm-hmm. almost like a community play. It was just very disappointing for the caliber of actors that were in it. That yeah. it, it just it made me feel so distant to them, and it was impossible to invest. I found myself very quickly, and then as the movie progressed, it they did nothing to get me further from just not caring about these these characters. There was no investment on my part because they didn't take the right steps to endear us to these characters to achieve the overall vision of the film, in my opinion. It did not come together well at all as a finished product. Okay. And quite frankly, very disappointed in Timothy Chalamet's performance. And I think a lot of it has to do with script and direction because okay. I feel like he... He commits to roles, and I feel like he was given a direction. And just went with it. That Yeah, and he probably did exactly what he was directed to do. Like, I'm not going to call it a bad performance. Well, that's how this started, though. You were like, he can do no wrong except for here. Mm-hmm. So so you you don't think Timothy Chalamet, it's not his fault, at least. It, exactly. was, it was a bad performance, but it's not his fault. Yeah, okay. like he was performing this character well, but mm-hmm. this character like just didn't fit with this movie and it didn't elicit the right response for okay. me personally okay. so i felt very disconnected and i felt very um just not invested just nothing. just just yeah no very neutral on this movie and you know there was engaging elements of horror and compelling elements of drama between two young people but i brought it up uh, american honey because yep. The interpersonal dialogue in that movie, or think movie like like Florida Project. Oh, sure. Where the, just that dialogue is so rich, and like you're getting snippets of their lives and snippets of their problems, but you're so endeared. Like this almost felt like it was trying to be like an A twenty four style mm-hmm. movie, and just fell a little short. <sighs> okay, I've got a few things. Um, so that's my rough take. Did was yeah, not okay. a fan. Give me a rating, and then we'll get into it. 3.2. Pretty low. Yeah. 3.2 out of 10. Um, okay. Um, let's start with let's start with a quote. This is Carlos Aguilar writing for Roger Ebert. And I want this is kind of a segue into like the technical side of things. Mm-hmm. And Carlos says, quote, the film loses steam. And I've edited a couple things out of this quote. Um, the film loses steam that cannot be regained from the choppy flashbacks that saturate the final act. Even the heart-to-heart confessional between some lovebirds where they agree to try their hand at a mundane experience over explains what was knowingly unspoken. And that caught my eye because particularly with call me by your name, there's this great final shot that I think you and I both talked about at length with Timothy Chalamet. So it's a one shot. It's like a mid shot of a stationary camera, just looking at him, looking into a fireplace, Mm -hmm. experiencing a pretty heavy loss. 
And that scene makes no effort to be expositional or, or tell the audience anything. They let the performer do it. Mm-hmm. Does the quote from Aguilar there re- ring true to you? Like, is it is the third act kind of laden with with um, over narration, over narration, yeah, exposition and and and, and technical sort of shortcuts, technical shortcuts, and uh, it got a little handholdy. Mm-hmm. Trying know, to guide like, you, to yeah, a movie it's a, trying to say a movie like Call Me by Your Name a lot of the expressions and the powerful acting mm-hmm. stood for themselves. But, you know, that might be kind of the long and short of what I didn't enjoy was it was maybe just overacted and overwritten. I'm having a hard time. This is getting to my second point. And I know a little bit more than we've told our audience at this point. Mm-hmm. People that, have, that know nothing about this movie. I know slightly more, but not much. Yeah. But even what I know, I don't want to give away. So if you can, can you elaborate on, what makes this movie kind of a horror movie? Because what I described could be American Honey or could be any number of like buddy yeah. road trip films. So like, mm-hmm. why is this not that? And 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 how does that help the movie um, as a horror experience? Yeah. So I won't say specifically how, but I will say Marin, our, our main character, has a hunger, let's say, that needs to be fed. Sure. And the ways that she has to do that are pretty treacherous and violent and uh, I'll let you make your own conclusions because this is no spoilers and that's spoilery. Um, but that's kind of, you know, why her dad left and why she finds herself alone and on this journey. So when, 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 hmm, when those um, predilections come to the forefront on the screen, mm-hmm. sounds like that's the, the quote unquote scary parts of the movie. Absolutely. And I think those are the strongest I mean, it's the horror element, mm-hmm. and that was like when the film felt like it had any direction and kind of a, a an arrow guiding it. Okay. So yeah, it felt jumbled in tone too, because there was almost an uh, overly adolescent love story, like right in the middle of this. Right. So you know, maybe out of you know, Midsommar, American Honey, mm-hmm. Twilight. Let's throw that in there. <laughs> okay, sure. There, there's an obvious comparison here that I I can't say without giving away what you're talking about. Um, so I'll say it in the danger zone. Okay. Um, but there's a movie about, uh, a student who goes to veterinary school, uh, and also discovers a hunger that came mm-hmm. out back in like 20, I don't know, 17, you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the year, but yeah. I'm okay. Is that, is there a, re- a reveal with that? Like a like, Oh, whoa, I didn't see Or is like that established with the character, both, both, both characters. It, it, that's spoilery too. It, it, is. it okay. happens pretty early on. Okay. You're pretty much shaped, like you're with it for the movie. Pretty much in the jump from the jump, you realize that this is a thing. Okay, so then the question is for me as as a prospective audience member, mm-hmm. prospective, um, is where does the tension come from in this movie? Because like I get that there's I I know what you're talking about. So there's there's the the obvious like that's horrifying, mm-hmm. but. Aside from now, I know that then then where because I feel like the love story is where Guadagnino is is on his best uh, art. Mm-hmm. Like call me your name. That's that's the stuff, and it's yeah. all framed around you know a summer in a in an Italian countryside or French countryside or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but the real meat of it is in the interpersonal relationship, and it sounds like what you're saying is that swings for that does not connect. No, they they go for that with the interpersonal mm-hmm. relationship with uh, Timothy Chalamet's character, mm-hmm. uh, but they also try to inject some tension with one, uh, a bad guy. Okay. Cause this movie just needed a bad guy. Did it? And then two, just a cut, like a, a one random, uh, run in mm-hmm. with some other people that happen to have this same sort of hunger. Okay. Okay. So, and then that, <laughs> and then the only real tension yeah, is interpersonal, those two mm-hmm. things. And then 
basically them trying to figure out how to get from point A to B and and traverse the country without getting caught. Can you talk about Michael Stuhlbarg's character, Jake? It was a throwaway he role. Was a throw- he was one of the guys that he they was just one of the run-ins? Into. Yeah. How was he in this? Pretty good. Because he was in, yeah, Call Me By Your Name. He yeah. was Timothy Chalamet's dad. Has a great monologue in that yeah. movie. But okay. Um, the last time we covered Mark Rylance, who plays Sully in this movie. Who's Sully? Can you set that briefly? Yeah, he's the bad guy. He's the bad guy. Yep. The last time we covered him was as a quote unquote bad guy in um 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 the meteor movie. Don't look up ah, yes. from last year. Who it was very caricature-y, but like how do you do in this? I think he's a good performer. He was creepy. Okay. He was creepy as all get out. Great. Yeah. I will um, give him that. Should I see this movie? No. Really? Because it feels like it should be on my list for completionism of, of 2022. Eh. All right. I would say, I mean, it was over two hours long and it was, I mean, maybe just to complete your your box set of Timothy right. Chalamet. Sure. I okay. Mean, just to see. And then I'd love to hear your feedback if, if you agree with me and as far as his role or like, was he just bad in this or was it just a bad script and bad direction? Who knows? Yeah. Once again, you've been listening to Fresh Hop Cinema, possibly on KZFR 90.1 FM. Bones and All is currently probably in a theater near you, if only at 710 at night. If you've seen it and you have thoughts of your own, you can reach us on Instagram at fresh underscore hop underscore cinema or send an email to fhccast at gmail.com. And to our radio listeners, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. on KZFR 90.1 FM. As a reminder, if you want to hear the rest of today's conversation, which includes the rest of Max's Four Loco, spoilers for Bones and all, a review of that second beer from Crowns and Hops, which is a stout, by the way. Oh, no. And hot and bothered, head over to your favorite podcast app and subscribe to Fresh Hop Cinema. The rest of this episode will be available tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. And to those of you already listening on your favorite podcast app, you're in for a treat. We'll be right back. Danger zone. Welcome to the danger zone. Johnny, before we get back to the movie, how much was our first beer from Crowns and Hops? Five bucks. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's an okay beer. Um, local to the West Coast. So if you're into fruited uh, fruited gozas, mm-hmm. try it. I think. Heavier on the tart it's not side. So yeah, it's not so like we're like definitely don't get it. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not not the most pastry forward kind of or like or dessert forward kind of thing. Definitely more sour than sweet. Okay, um, so let's get into this. And and you said don't see this movie. So mm-hmm. that's a, this part's entirely up to you. If you want spoilers, yeah. um, I do. I do want spoilers. Okay. Um, if not just for me, then for the people that listen to the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I I do you think here's the here's the question before we get into it. Do you think this movie is still worth seeing if I know what happens? Or is it a movie that is so predicated on the twist or the spoilers? That Not it, at all. Okay. Yeah. So then, yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I don't think the spoilers would change anything about the movie other than just knowing what's going to happen. Okay. Yeah. So all I know is that it sounds like our two main characters and some auxiliary characters are cannibals. Mm-hmm. Raw, Julia yep. Ducournau mm-hmm. is what I was thinking. Love of. that So I don't know the year. Watch that instead of this. Okay. Great. Yeah. Um, you still haven't seen Titan, right? No. I think Titan uh, or Titan, um, I... Uh, I think Miss It, it, I did not like that movie. And that was, um, was that this year? It might've been last year. It might've been 2021. It might've been. Um, Rough movie. Uh, Super weird. I remember you telling me not to watch it. There was car sex. There was sex with a car, not car sex. (laughs) (laughs) I would watch Um, it just for that though. Dude, it's it's not even like, it's not played sexy. I don't know how you could make that sexy, but it isn't. 
It's, oh, um, it's strange. I've seen some things. Um, so, okay. So let's talk about this. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with spoilers. And then for anybody listening, of course, spoiler alert going forward okay. for Bones and all. So, so, so what, I don't even really know how to start this conversation. Can you talk more about Bones and all? Yeah. So we start with Marin mm-hmm. at school and she gets invited to a sleepover. How old are these people supposed to be? High school. Okay. That's another very. It seems like it would matter. Very twilighty oh, okay. aspect to sure. the the throes of adolescence and self discovery mixed in with dealing with the fact that you're a cannibal. Do you think there's like a like a juvie for cannibals? Like that you can't be charged as like a grown up cannibals because they're just kids, right? So send them over. Send them to the freaking high school that that kid went to in in raw. Yeah, no kidding. Or college. <laughs> yeah. So this movie starts out with our main character going to a sleepover. And uh, there's they're all there's four girls and they're all painting their fingernails and doing sleepover type activities and uh, our main character and another girl are laying under a coffee table for some reason okay like glass coffee table you so gotta you can start see the movie through. you gotta get it going yeah okay sure sure um and she had to sneak out there was a whole process to sneaking out her dad Marin had to Marin sneak had out. to sneak out her dad was very thorough her dad's about, still in the picture at this yes point. okay we lose her dad about fifteen minutes into the movie during the sleepover right after. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so they're at the sleepover, and uh, they're looking at the the girl that she's laying under the coffee table with. Like, looks up, like holds her finger up, and says, it's "Bleeding." No, like, what oh. do you think about this nail color? And she's like, "Let me see it," and grabs her hand and just sticks her finger in her mouth. Does and she just bite it off? Chomps down. Doesn't bite it off, but like, like bites. breaks it and like bites, and the skin's like falling off a little. Like almost degloves it. Oh, yeah, it was gnarly. Wait, it, okay. He was like, how, "That's that's a fucking strong statement." How was the scene played? Like, like, what's our as the audience? What's our vibe? When so that we're just flies on the wall, and, and like, are we shocked? Or like, no, like, like no, I it's like people react. It's like, what the fuck? Okay, yeah, it was a very sure. like, what the fuck moment. Yeah, yeah, we're like, okay, this hammer has been thrown down for this movie. Did you know about the cannibalism going into this movie? I had a pretty good idea. So did it surprise you? No. Okay, cool. It, it surprised me like the way it was presented so early, like it was literally within the first two minutes of the movie. How far in do we meet Timothy Chalamet's character? Um, 30-ish. And he's also already kind of a cannibal? Oh, full on. They find they can smell each other. Why? Because they have cannibal noses. Is this a pretty realistic movie in terms of like the world rules? Yeah. Other than there's okay. cannibals that have heightened senses like yes. vampires. Sure. Okay. For some reason. Um, but... Okay. Other than that, yeah, like Timothy Chalamet isn't stronger than your average person, blah, blah, is blah. Is he sicker than your average person? He's, he is. Okay. He is. Uh, to me, it looked like he was doing his best Machine Gun Kelly impersonation in this He's movie. He's getting though. more like that for sure. Yeah. Yeah. In this movie in particular, the, the wardrobe and the I haircut. Saw his, yeah, I saw like, a few stills. Um, but yeah, so we meet the big bad too before that. Yeah, so what's up What's up with, uh, what's up with Sully? He's a creepy old cannibal. He's a cannibal as well. Yeah. Marin's just waiting at the bus stop and he just... Starts singing at her. I don't know what's going on. It's not fire season. Did they change the airport flight paths or something? You said like this. You said he's just singing at her. Yeah. From like a block away while she's at the bus stop waiting for a bus. Because at this point she's on her own. Her dad left her. Why'd her dad leave? She's a cannibal. He found out. Did the parents call him? I think. And then from the party. There was a quick scene. Of like a flashback. There was a lot of flashbacks in this movie well, that's that, right. that happened was the Roger like Ebert quote. chaotically, like yeah. hard to see. Pretty sure he was in jail. The dad was. Yeah. It was hard to see. Did she live at jail? No. How like, did he? 
he was she's an adult at this point. She's like 18. Okay. But he's out of the picture. This they don't explain any of this. So where there <laughs> should be narration, there isn't. Can I say I also don't know what I should be asking? Like I don't know what I should be prodding no, towards. Like this fine. seems like it doesn't matter, but I didn't know that when I started my yeah. line of questioning. <laughs> right. Okay. Dad's so gone. Doesn't she's matter. by herself. Okay. And her whole quest is to find her mother. That's the thousand mile road trip that she's mm. on. Mm-hmm. That is the impetus for that because she never knew her mother. Her mother left when she was an infant. Okay. All she has is her mother's birth certificate, the town she was born in, right? Okay. Okay. So we okay. meet we meet this creepy fucking cannibal. Do how do you know he's a cannibal? He tells you pretty quick. In his song? No. And he's like That would have been nice. She's like, What are you doing? And he's like, Eating look, a look, human. <laughs> looking for you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, very creepy vibes right off the bat. And it turns out he's this like serial killer cannibal and every person he kills, he like cuts off their hair and makes a rope. So the rope's like really long now. I'm so tired of, of, of murderers with like souvenirs. Things. Like yeah. we get it. Your stamp of murder, dude. Right. Cool. All right, man. Yeah, you gotta be special. Yeah. Be the ant man your own serial signature. Killers. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it's a little bit played. Yeah. But anyways, uh, that's, they have a dialogue and he's super creepy and she trusts him for some stupid reason. Uh, but they have a discourse about how we found her, and he's like, "I smelled you two blocks away. We can smell each other, you know." Oh, right. Just okay. yeah, okay. Just fine. overly narrative. That's fine. And, and he's in a house with an old woman, and basically, it's alluded to that he can smell when people are about to die. And so, he's yeah, like, like a, said, he's like a banshee. Yeah, I guess that's what banshees do. Okay, they then, like yeah. they warn you. They see, they howl outside mm. of a home when their family's about to die. That's what a banshee is. Okay, so you know. So, yeah, you get a bunch of creepy interactions with him, and turns out there's an old lady that has fallen and is on the floor that is, like, gasping for life that's going to die In his soon. house? No, it's just a house. He f- smelled it, found her. How do we go from the bus stop to the house? Again, he this probably doesn't he, matter. She, he's like, I got a, a warm, safe place. Are you hungry? And so she, she just follows him. Wait, how does he know? Oh, he doesn't. That she's No, because he smells her? Yeah, because they can yeah, I don't they, know about they this. try to quickly establish some lore. Fine. They, he establishes that va- uh, vampires, uh, eaters Cannibals. is what they call them. Oh eaters. Yeah. And they say eaters a lot. All right. There's a rule you don't eat another eater. There's a whole thing. Yeah. Of course, if you're a cannibal, it's the one rule you're going to establish in your society. Like, look, we all want to do it, but don't let's, do it. Let's not do <laughs> it to each other. Let's just not. Let's do it to them. Yeah. The point is, is he a good bad? Bad. No, is he a good bad? Like, he's effectively creepy as shit. That's great. Okay. He's like the super creepy, touchy stalkery type vibes and he's in the whole movie okay like, just she doesn't know it because he's following how, he doesn't sound oh, he sounds obviously bad for some reasons but yeah. how does he become the bad of the movie um that happens in the third act really uh, that because he, she so they wake up in the middle of the night who's or, they uh sully and Marin. yes basically she goes to bed and he's like you'll smell it when she's ready to eat basically he's told her that he doesn't kill people to eat them which we find out later is a lie. Oh, he's a he's, so he's, a road tr- he's trying guy. to play it honorable. Like, I smell them out when they're about to die. I just wait and then I eat them. That is better. It is if I that guess. were true. But we find out later that it's not. Mm-hmm. So that was all a ruse. Okay. Why would you keep hair souvenirs of people that died of natural causes? It's true. You could find them anywhere. Go yeah. to a cemetery. Honestly. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so he has this ruse going of of that, and basically he tells Marin that when she's ready or like when she dies. They don't say that specifically. When she's uh-huh. ready to eat, you'll smell it. Okay. And so he, she wakes up in the morning, like sniffing, and she's like, basically, she, you can see she smells it. Mm-hmm. And so she walks into the room where the now dead body is at, and what's his name? The bad guy, God, Sully, 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 Sully. 
uh, is in tidy whities and a white tank top. Not a good look. On all fours. We yeah. get a nice view of him from behind. Sure. Uh, eating this woman abdomen first. Abdomen first? Right from the stomach. Listen, let me start. I'm not a, I have never, and I would never, probably. But <laughs> Been a cannibal. But if I were to, I don't think I'd start with the stomach. Right. Where Let's say on three. Can you think of the thing and then we'll say yeah. it on three? Uh, one, two, three. Legs. Half. Yeah, okay. Same thing. Yeah. You don't start. I don't know. No. I don't know. Well, if you've ever processed any sort of game. I haven't. You, uh, but you, you quarter it want in the, the quarters of the extremities, the legs and, you know. So if we didn't know before, we know now he's a weirdo. Yeah. And he eats dead so, people. So what does Marin do? She gets down there and chows down with him. All right. Well, and, that's not what I expected. And yeah, oh, yeah, they eat together and it's very slurpy. Have we met Lee, Timothy Chalamet's no. character yet? No. We meet him like two states away. Okay. Yeah. You know, I had this thought, and it doesn't matter now, but I'm going to say it now, is that when tangents like this happen, stuff that legitimately doesn't matter to the conversation of a movie, we take that and make that a bonus episode. It's exclusive for Patreon people. Right. And we won't do it now, but I do think it's a good idea because who knows how long this is going to go. Not long. I'm so going to no, rein it in. So you get like six more. <laughs> All right. Listen, this is America, my friend, <laughs> and I decide. All right. But okay, you're right. So yeah, they she, he feels like they're bonding, and he's like, "You could travel uh, with old Sully for a while." Very uh, Herbert from Family Guy, the creepy uh, pedophile that always tries to get kids in their basement. Very that vibe. Okay, uh, and so he's like, "I'm gonna go take a shower. You think about it." And she bounces. That I'm makes like, sense. Smart first smart Finally. thing. Finally, yeah. So she gets on a bus and. Way too fast. Like he's showered and dressed and just standing outside the house as the bus drives by and he's just staring at her. Sure. So next town over, I think she makes it to Cleveland. She bounced around. This hits a lot of states. Yeah, it's a cross-country road trip. Yeah. Buddy movie. Yeah. So she gets to a state. I think it's Indiana. It might be Indiana. It might be Kentucky. I don't recall. But she's like basically shoplifting dinner. And uh, that's where she meets Timothy Chalamet. At a cemetery? No, at a grocery store. They still so all they do they, eat they hum- all they still eat, eat food. I was gonna say human food, but that's misleading. Right. They eat animal food, I guess. <laughs> they eat regular they eat, non-cannibal wait, food. Sure. Okay. Yeah. What okay, fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's his vibe? Uh he's a cool guy in the grocery store. Is he like Ladybird cool guy? Like no, he's in that movie? Or God. like you didn't see Don't Look Up, so I can't ask you that. What do you mean cool guy? Just like it's very self-confident, a little cocky. Like, oh, I see. Basically, there's some guy drinking a six-pack in the store, and he's just fucking with everyone. It's Yeah, it's him It's him and Ladybird, basically. A little bit, yeah. So he just goes up to him, and he's like, hey, is this just what you do on a Saturday? You fuck with people? Yeah. And the guy's like, let's go outside. And he did that because he wanted to eat him. Did he eat him? Oh, yeah. And we see that. No. We see him jumping over like a retaining wall or like from an abandoned building, mm-hmm. like covered in blood, shirtless. Uh, and he's like... They just steal that guy's truck, and then that's their vehicle for a while. All right. It sounds to me like this movie is is trying to kind of tee us up for, like, these two fucked up kids. They're made for each other. Mm-hmm. That is right. Yes? Oh, yeah. Like, that's, like, these two weirdos with their own little food kinks mm-hmm. found each other in this big, wide, mean world. Yep. And we need to root for them. Mm-hmm. What happens to Sully at the end if he's the bad guy? Uh, so do they eat him together? No, they never show them eating him, but okay. he has been stalking her. and I know. Yeah, like the whole time. And he just, they have an encounter on the side of the road and he tries to get her to get in a van. Why? 
because he wants he thinks they're he wants like what he thinks they fit together and like he he's not a, like trying to eat her at some point he wants like to be with her like, sexually or, it, you or like romantically vi- you get that vibe a lot like How, he's his age right he's yeah. like his normal age and yeah. she's her normal age yeah well so what is lee doing timothy Chalamet. Uh, at that point he's like had, no man they had split up they split up relationship problems they're both cannibals yeah I know. there's not like meetcannibal.com. there's more that's than it that. i guess more matters they had different goals what were their goals? Well, basically, he murdered people to eat them, and she wasn't Tim down did. with that. Yeah. Lee. Yeah, they killed a guy who... Based on what code does she have? You're C- right. Sully's code? Like, it's who a... has she been eating before this? Yeah, the thing she is... She bit her friend's finger, but... Oh, like, a big thing, too, is... Yeah, give me um, this. It, you kind of get this revealed in bits and pieces throughout the movie that the eaters don't start recalling when they feed. They don't remember it until they're, okay. like, mid to late teens, what are you talking about? They're eating people as babies? Yeah. Hang on. Yep. Hang on. No, they try and establish that. Like it's like a genetic predilection. Yeah. Come it's an it that's we're getting there. It's inherited from parents. And we find that out when she finally gets to her mother, who's in an insane as- asylum. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's spooky. No. It it's was not? very well lit and Damn not it. terrifying at all. But she had eaten both of her hands off. Oh. So she just had nubs. Well, that's not good. No. And she wrote her this big letter and then How? She, uh, probably before she okay. said she had, so they said she had written the letter 15 years prior okay uh, in case she ever showed up and then she watched her read the letter she couldn't speak because she was on so much medication and then mm. once it was obvious that Marin had finished the letter her mom tried to eat her tried to eat her daughter eat Marin what did, did the letter say just, ballpark just a lot of I left sorry yeah about I this but I couldn't raise you because I was going to eat you yeah I was afraid of what would happen blah Makes blah sense. blah and he's like I left you this note because I knew if like basically I left you this note because that's how I would know if your dad ever screwed up or if you ever came to find me you know what I'm saying okay so so this matters Andre Holland is listed as the actor who played her dad Frank mm-hmm. um, Andre Holland not a nobody by mm-hmm. the way if you don't recall the name um, he was like one of the main leads in Moonlight in the third chapter of that mm-hmm. um, he was in passing as as um, one of the actress's husband he's, he's not he's not a nobody He's not like an A-list, but he's like a really good guy, really good actor. What is th- that actor's role? Like, what is the role of the father besides leaving? Does he show up? He's in two scenes. But that's it, just in the beginning. And then sh- he's recorded a tape for her that kind of explains how she ate a babysitter's fingers off when she was three. Mom, and like, baby did. Girl did. Yeah. yeah. Marin. Marin. Uh, yeah. So we get his voice more than his face through flashbacks, through listening She's on a bus listening with the headphones to her father's tape. Sure, uh, But yeah, he's in maybe two scenes at the beginning. One scene, really. One All scene right. and then flashbacks. Let's talk about this. Andre Holland, black. Mm-hmm. Marin, the character, black. Mm-hmm. There, there's a through line here of, of black dads leaving. That is a stereotype. It is, it is a bad punchline and a lot of jokes. Mm-hmm. I like the subversion that this guy has also left, but understandably. Yeah. Like... You know, well, he's like, you also have this thing that your mom had. I gotta go. Yeah, you're gonna um, eat me. Yeah, I'm not get, sticking around for this. It's gonna get bad. In any other horror movie, he would be the guy. If he stuck around, us as the audience would be like, leave, get out. Yeah, just go. Mm-hmm. And he did. So I think good for him. <laughs> Way to leave. So how does the movie? <laughs> how does the movie uh, end? What happens with these two characters? Our, our two main leads. So 
Sully shows back up in their apartment because they've decided to they settle down. They moved in together? Yep. They got back together, moved in together. All right. Decided fine. to play house, basically. They has, said, has like, has like there 10 was a, years passed or what? No. It's just, how like long a, is it? What's the time frame of this movie? Within three months, maybe, Good maybe four. It happens pretty quick. So essentially right. they get an apartment and get jobs. And within a matter of a month or two, I would assume, mm. Sully shows up in the house waiting for her, corners her, Gets on top of her, does some very creepy kisses her at one point. Sexy it gets stuff. it gets very not sexy, sexual, sexual <laughs> very disgusting, predatory sexual behavior. Yeah. Talking about they should be together. Okay, and blah blah blah. It's and then um, they this movie doesn't end with them eating him. No, God, it that's ends with Sully dying. Okay, but Timothy Chalamet dying also. That sucks. Yeah, Chalamet uh, goes to like strangle him with a uh, like a grocery bag, a plastic bag. Does he bite him? No. At some point, she bit Sully to get the knife out of his hand, and then stab. So Sully had a knife to her. Yeah, throat. and I got that. Oh, okay, sure. From so, from the top. Yeah. So Chalamet's got the bag over his head, and uh, Sully's doing this kind of thing yeah. over his right stabbing sh- him over, over his shoulder. shoulder. Yeah, sure. And uh, stabs him in the lung. That's made clear. In the lung? Yeah, Marin's like, there's air coming out of this Must hole. Must have been going underneath his arm then. It was like here. It was not accurate. Oh, top chest. Yeah. Maybe the okay. top of the lung. Maybe. I don't know. But I don't think uh, anatomy was top How? of the priority list. <sighs> yeah, so they had. there was a melee. There was a struggle. Eventually, Marin gets the knife and stabs him a bunch in the chest. And then and they drag Sully's body to the bathtub. But then you realize that Timothy Chalamet's dying dying mm-hmm. and then it's the ends it's like her holding him while he dies and then they're making out and he's all bloody they're making out while he's dying yep i mean that's got to be like the ultimate cannibal turn on right and then he's begging her to eat him what and she's like i won't he's like i want you to be happy did I that really happen to- yeah oh that's awesome it was interesting it was something uh yeah so okay. then obviously he dies because they're like we can't go to the yeah. hospital yeah we'll figure us out wait he, why can't they go to the hospital because they just killed a guy and they're cannibals the hospital won't know that you don't have to eat everybody at the hospital yeah you can but just... like there's a crime scene at their house they're gonna be like where do you live they're gonna find out the murder's <sighs> gonna get pinned on them their cover's blown all right there's a lot going against them fine so timothy chalamet dies and then we get a flashback to them sitting on top of a hill way too when this the time that is so short yeah Okay, fine. They were on a hill at some point. We didn't see it. Uh, well, there was a couple scenes of them like driving through Nebraska, like sitting on a like a plane, and she's just reading a book. So, I mean, yeah. I guess it's alluding to the fact that they had many, many travels that we didn't see. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So what happens in that flashback? No, that was it. That's where the movie ended. Why? Oh. All right, I got to watch this. Maybe they're together still. So, okay. Okay. Thank you for all that. Yeah. Um, I can't imagine... That a film from Luca Guadagnino is as bad as I have made it sound with my line of questioning. So I'm going to watch it. All right. Man, all right. Do you have anything else you want to talk about here? Um, I wished... I liked Marin, but also her her dialogue t- was... It was all just so flat. It yeah. was just... It really did feel like local theater. Well... It's like bad local theater. Sure, okay. Okay. Sure. Like untrained local theater. Yeah. Just volunteer. Like he almost like kept it seemed like half the time he was trying to like remember his line, then remember it and spit it out. And he didn't have a stutter. It was just ugh, I don't mm-hmm. know. You watch it, let's talk again. Sounds great. All right. Until then, I don't want to talk about this movie All right. anymore. Let's dig out beer number two. I'm gonna rinse out a glass and then we can go from there. Johnny, as you pour our second beer, I will tell you what it is called. Truthfully, I'll, you know what it's called. I'll tell our listeners what it's called, which is Slay's Stout. Again, if you're just tuning in or you haven't listened in a while, 
It's Crowns and Hops out of Inglewood. This is a stout. It's 6%. Johnny Summers, read me what they had to say. Santa Slay's Maple Glazed Pecan Stout is our holiday version of our base stout recipe, which has notes of coffee and cocoa combined with pecan, cinnamon, vanilla, and maple syrup. Uh, it appears dark brown, uh, cream, or off-white head. Uh, the aroma, you're going to get mild roasted malts and pecans, mild smokiness, and maple syrup. Uh, on the flavoring notes, you're going to be getting notes of cocoa, coffee on the front with a mild smoke, vanilla, and the essence of pecans All right. in the finish. That's I, I appreciate that subtlety, but we'll see. Uh, I've poured it in my glass. It's it's a pretty thin stout. Makes sense at 6%. Uh, very much head left over. Very bubbly looking on top. Large bubbles for what it's worth. Um, and, and not a whole lot of legs or anything close to viscosity, at least uh, on the appearance. You've tasted it. You're evaluating that taste. What do you think, man? Yeah. I mean, as a 6% stout, I'm initially, my, my, my thoughts, my fears are it's going to be very thin. Thoughts and fears are different. I thoughts, th- I agree, I but think, I, I'm not I scared think, of that. I think in those thoughts. Give but me, you're not give scared of fear. those thoughts. I, I'm No, the fear is, yeah, because I, I don't love a super thin stout, but if it's got a good flavor profile to back it up, I'm, I'm game, but yeah. I like it a little bit thicker usually. Yeah, I mean, I do too with with big stouts, but I, I like, you know, and my, my benchmark is Sierra Nevada is like West Coast Stout, which I think they've changed the name to now. It's just like Stout, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm fine with a porter, and I'm fine with a more chocolatey, roasty porter, which is basically just a stout. Mm-hmm. And I don't need that to be huge. I was actually obviously apprehensive about this being like a 12% dessert stout. So I'm stoked. I haven't even tried it yet, but I'm I'm very glad that this is a smaller beer because I've got my uh, quarter of a four local. My glass full. Yep. For the night. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to take a drink. Yeah, do it. You know, you do get that roastiness, a little bit of smokiness. I can see that. Pecans, not much essence. Not getting uh, the essence of a pecan. Pecans, yeah. Also, um, maple is... I'm, I'm there on the maple. Yeah? Yes. It's subtle, but it's there. Yeah. It's there. It is absolutely subtle. Which, it's odd that you have to look for it because maple can be such an overbearing flavor note in a stout. For me, this is refreshing that it's not. Because, yeah, like so often, what is it? Uh, double stack. Yeah. We've had a bunch of maple beers over the mm-hmm. years. And a lot of times, it's so heavy-handed, you can't taste anything but maple. There's nothing else. For, like, the rest of the week, and you wake up, and your mustache smells like maple, yeah. and you just, you know, fuck Ladies. the stack of pancakes. Um, I don't Sorry. know how sure dinner, right? It's Luca Guadagnino. You know, it's either pancakes or peaches. Um, yeah, at one point, uh, in this movie, sorry, in the movie, to, yeah. Timothy Chalamet is just chowing down on a dude's torso, and I'm like, well, I guess I'll watch Timothy Chalamet eat anything. Well, listen, he doesn't eat the peach in the first movie, but you brought up the movie yeah, out of context and out of the time, so per the show's tradition, that's you not, have to, it's the tradition, you have to have a sip of this. That's not a tradition. This is America. That's have a not sip. a tradition. It's a new tradition. If you, if it, here's the new rule, and no one's ever going to call us on this. Thank you for honoring it. Oh, God, that's so trash. If... if in the course of an episode where a four loco is consumed, the opposite co-host brings up a thing from a past segment. They yep. have to take a drink of the four loco. You will make up any so rule speaketh right now. The the guy having to drink a four loco, <laughs> yeah, grasping yeah. at straws to yeah. give away any of that liquid right now. So goes the. Uh, so how much better right. is this stout than the? Uh, what you know, you're drinking? You know, well, then what I'm drinking, it's it's just miles ahead. Um. And I, I actually do, I guess I'll talk about this for Loco and Hot and Bothered, because I do want to, we've had this thing in the fridge for at least six months, It's right? been a while. It was at my old place we got it, right? Yeah. You got it at the old place? Yeah, it's been a while. So I've been dreading this day for many moons. 
But for now, let's stay on Slay's stout. Yeah. Which I think works in a lot of capacities, obviously, because on one hand, you have Santa, who uh, rides in a sleigh, of course, but it's not spelled the way it's spelled, um, as as in death, which um, makes a lot of sense. It's also a phrase, Santa, oh, Santa slays. Slay. Did, yeah, the, yeah, the hand. Um, but also Santa kills, and that ties in really well with our movie. Uh, is it next week? Yeah. Yeah, uh, Violent Night, which we're going to cover. So lots of puns that are applicable to our show. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I like this beer a lot. It's super tasty. Um, I like the subtlety of the sweetness that is not overbearing. It's not necessarily just like a maple forward sugar bomb. So that's fun. I yeah. like the roasty notes. I actually like the carbonation. It's um, it adds to the beer feeling thin, but I'm into that for a sippable six percent stout. So I'm I'm happy with this. That's fair. I enjoy it for what it is. For me, it drinks way more akin to like a brown ale or a porter, uh, but. It's, it's too it's too it's too roasty to be a brown ale for sure. Mm, I've had some pretty roasty brown ales. I mean, I have two, but by, by and large, the rule of thumb is is not nearly this roasty. No, but it does the the sweetness in it gives me that brown ale vibe. That's true. Yeah, yeah, brown. But yeah, it's true. good. It's not great. It's it's thin. It's not very. I'm I'm I like that it's not too sweet. I like that it's not a pastry stout. I like yeah. that it's not trying to be. What I would like is one of these ingredients to stand out a little bit because to me this is a sweet, roasty stout. Let me paint you a scenario on drinkability alone. You're right on the flavor. I agree with you. But in terms of body, mouthfeel, uh, thinness, mm-hmm. carbonation, like I just drove through a lot of snow. Also, it's worth noting. So like I'm 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 in the winter mindset. Mm-hmm. But if I were trapped in a cabin. And all I had was double stack from Great Notion. I'd be pretty upset slash drunk mm-hmm. pretty quick. You'd it, also be diabetic. Yeah. It's it, a, a beer like this, a 6% stout that is this well-balanced and has all of the stuff we're talking about is the equivalent of a river beer. Mm. But the river is frozen yeah. and we are trapped inside. This is a pond hockey beer. It's a pond hockey beer. This is what I want for a session-ish stout. Like if I'm trapped inside, the fireplace is roaring. You can hear chestnuts roasting. Of course, the fire is open, and and we're just we're just enjoying winter. This is the kind of beer I want to sip on. I want to I want to pull on my wool socks up to my calves. I want to walk around with my underwear only, and just sit down on underwear the couch. and socks. Underwear and socks. Right. Well, because you don't want your feet cold. You obviously don't want anything else cold. Yeah. So you just wear what you have because the top's going to get warm. Mm-hmm. At least for me, because I've got a built-in sweater most of the time. That's fair. This is a this is an indoor winter sipper i think about as good as they come all right i prefer this to most uh most stouts hmm. in in the like you know five to eight and a half range this is super good i'm into this a lot all right out of 10 let me take one more sip do all you right. have your rating at the ready yeah i do for me it's it's good it's not great uh i just don't love it it's just not it feels like it's not enough and it's not that any one thing, it's a culmination of all the things just being dialed back a couple notches for my personal taste. So for me, it's like a 6-8. Six, 6-8. Eight. Six, eight. Not a bad rating at all. Mine is a lot better. Uh, mine is, man, I really do like it. There's some bitterness on the back end that I'm not crazy about. That's the essence of pecan. pecan. It might be. It's like, the, do pecans have like the little vein of, of like pith in the middle like walnuts do? Yeah. That's what I'm getting here. Then maybe that's the essence. Maybe. Um, for me, it's an eight. I really dig it. I'd have it again any day. 
It was Solid. great. 16 ounce can. Um, also like five or six bucks. Yeah, super cheap. Great. Uh, okay. That is sliced out. 6.8 for you. Eight for me. Do you have anything else in this beer? Well, Crowns and Hops did not live up. They're still a very good brewery. Both beers well made, but uh, it's hard to top a 10. Man. When that's your first intro to the show right out the gate. One more question. Was the beer that we covered a couple years ago? No. I want that again. I oh, know. So good. I'd love to get my hands on some more of any of their IPAs, really. like Let's, any, yeah. let's reach out to them, yeah. Johnny. Let's do it. Because you're more the beer guy, so I think this falls under your purview. Let's do it. Reach out to them um, and to the folks at Crowns and Hops, if you listen. Um, big fan here. I've liked this beer quite a bit. I would like more of this. I'd like more of your stouts. Johnny wants more of the IPAs. We will cover both on the show. So let's find a way to make it happen. Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Uh, what do you say, sir? Into Hot and Bothered? Let's do it. Hot and Welcome to Hot and Bothered. I'm a little paler. Johnny's a little pinker. <laughs> Here we go. This is amazing. Um, that's, that's worth pointing out. Johnny said, are you feeling all right? Because you just went really pale. <laughs> <laughs> I did. think I feel good. Like all the color left your face. But now is the time to talk about the Four loco. Yeah, so, it's here. Um, as we said at the top of the show, this is kind of a long-standing tradition where I don't even. I think the first time was Lego Batman mm-hmm. episode twenty, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Shit, we've been doing this the whole time. I don't know how we came to this conclusion, but um, the idea is if somebody, for non-life-threatening serious reasons, doesn't see the movie of the or week. Just like life reasons. It doesn't have to be life threatening. Sure. But like we both- like there's been times where like, look, it's reasonable. Like you can't do it. Yeah. But I made a bad judgment call and I saw the Banshees of Inna Sharon instead. Mm-hmm. And I could have seen this. Had I done a tiny bit of research, I would have realized it was not available today. Any any preparation at all. Yeah. That's fine. In in those scenarios, it is apropos of the co host to say or or the other co host to say, Look, I I effed up. I have to drink a four loca. And we've had this particular one. Which is sort of like, do you remember the skate shops back in like like the um, Zoomies? Mm-hmm. Like Zoomies is still there, is it? Yeah. Okay. Well, they have brands like Fox, like like the ones that emphasize like motorcycle riding. Yeah, like FMF or whatever. Yeah. There is a four loco with an American flag in the style of FMF or yeah. Fox or whatever. Yeah. That's been sitting in our cellar for about probably eight months. Yeah. Um, and we were just as looking forward just to as local USA flavored. <laughs> yeah. And, and we were both so curious, like what, who, a, who was going to draw that unlucky straw? It was me. Uh, and, and B, what is that straw going to taste like? And, and I think now's the time to talk about it. What do you think it takes? You've had a couple sips. Yeah, no, for sure. And you had a really good analogy. What do you think this flavor is? It reminds me of if you took like rot gut vodka, like rot white, gut, like white wolf. You ever plastic been, bottle of vodka. Yeah, plastic bottle, sure. bottom shelf, you're fighting a homeless guy for the last bottle type vodka. And if you took some motherfucking shock tarts, sweet tarts, and pixie sticks, okay. and you mixed them all in there and let them sit, and then carbonated them up. Nobody likes Four loco. I'm convinced that nobody is like, the flavor of this drink is so delicious. The, 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 the I think it was gold. The gold one was okay. Gold's not bad. That's like Gold's the energy right. drink. It tastes like Red Bulls. So Yes. So that one's okay. Yeah. But I think all the others are pretty terrible. Yeah. Um, so the one that I'm drinking, they also vary slightly in ABV. This one's 14%. They're um, usually, they're all like 14 now. The new no, ones. they're like 12 to 15, somewhere in there. Yeah. Um, so 14's on the upper end. Um, and, and as astute listeners might have guessed, this one's hitting pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's gross. It's terrible. Yeah. Um, and I don't remember why we started talking about it. <laughs> 
because you have to, it's hot and bothered, and you have to talk about. It. And this is a long-standing tradition. You're explaining why you're doing yeah. what you're doing. That that's the gist. Is that when when one of us doesn't see the movie, it's it's you you have from the beginning of the episode, from the time the credits roll yeah. to the end, mm-hmm. when Johnny says, "Be good to each other." To finish it. You should just finish that right now. I'm going to as soon as you start talking about your first thing. All right. Um, but that is my first, I'm going to say hot, actually, because we haven't done it in a while. Um, so I like nostalgia. I also like that we're drinking this one from from the fridge. Yeah. And I've got, how many ounces do you think that is from here? You know, about five, six? Five, six. Five six, or six? Six. So I'm almost through it. Yeah. Doing all right. Mm-hmm. Not the worst. Uh, not the worst I've ever been on a recorded episode. Very pale. Uh, I don't know what's happening with my face, so fair enough. But Johnny Summers, what has you hot or bothered this week? Yeah, so as I am known to do, I love watching television shows. I have watched a complete television show, the first season of one, and I have dived into a show that's been on both of our radars for a long time. Is it dived? Dove. Dove? Dive. Diving. It I'm, actually might be dived. Dived. I have dived. It doesn't matter. Go ahead. I have dived. Have divin. Have Divin. Yes. Divining in the Rings of Power. Yes, but I'll get to that. I oh, will say right. I watched all of Wednesday on Netflix, which is the new series from directed by a lot of the episodes, Tim Burton. It's got a very Tim Burton-y vibe to it with a brand new uh, Wednesday Adams. It's all in the vein of the Adams family. If you're familiar mm. with Wednesday mm-hmm. Adams, portrayed by a young Christina Ricci in the old Adams Family and Adams Family Values movies. Sure. Is she alive? She's in this movie. Great. Yeah. So alive ho- and hopefully it. alive. Yeah, yeah. Great. Be awkward if she wasn't. It was. It would. Timothy, get off her. <laughs> uh, so yes, she is alive. She's in this movie. She's not reprising her role as Wednesday Adams. She plays a completely different character. That's Wednesday fun. Adams is portrayed by I want to say Jenna Ortega who was in um, X, we just saw recently. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, the the kind of like like do-gooder girl? Yeah. Okay, You should pull up an image of Jenna Ortega. No, but, I, okay. Sure. Um, anyways, watch this. It is so much fun. It is just Harry Potter meets goth girl Wednesday Addams vibes. So she's so menacing and intelligent, and there's a lot of familiar faith, faces in this. Uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones plays Morticia. Uh, you'll recognize so many people. And there's a whole cast of these young young folks. And there's four factions to this high school. There's sirens, vampires, werewolves, and, oh, cool. and stones or mm-hmm. stoners. Stoners? Yeah, I thought that's what okay. <laughs> I thought immediately. Oh, they just get high? That's weird. Like mm-hmm. This is uh, like a boarding school for misfits. Mm-hmm. Why do these guys just like smoke pot? They go regular mm-hmm. school. They're mm-hmm. medusas. They've got snakes for hair. And they turn oh, people okay. to stone. All right. It's funny. All right. Sure. Yeah. So I would recommend this quite a bit. It was adolescent in nature, but very mature in like delivery and, and watchability. Okay. It's definitely like somewhere in the gray area between like a PG-13 and an R. All right. So it wasn't completely juvenile and childish, but some really good writing. Jenna Ortega absolutely kills it as Wednesday Adams. Big fan of her. Um, would recommend the show quite a bit. It's a good, entertaining, engaging, complex enough story to keep you guessing. There's some twists, there's some turns, there's some intrigue. Uh, there's uh, what's her name? Uh, the the woman that played Brienne of Tarth, uh, Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Such a great name. Great it's worth name. remembering. Yeah, it's a great name. Uh, she plays the headmistress, like principal of the school. So she's fantastic in this. Uh, I would say 
Johnny here highly recommends season one of Wednesday. All right. Sweet, man. Yeah. Um, do you want to talk Rings of Power now or should I jump in? Uh, I'll finish with that because it's a just precursory because I'm not finished. Oh, sure. I want to say that I've started it. I'm evaluating mm-hmm. it. Uh, I don't know as much about the canon and lore of Lord of the Rings as, as you do. Fuck, I better watch it. But it's okay. very good. I was super skeptical. Yeah. And the the plot is very compelling. Uh, I didn't know that it's all just about a young Galadriel. That kind of changes. Yeah, well, everything we got to fix for that me. pronunciation. Obviously, say it again. Galadriel. 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 Great. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Cool. So that's all I'll say, spoiler wise. But we're about six or eight episodes in. How just, many are there? We're on the tail end of the season. Okay. Well, they cost like four hundred fucking million dollars each. So 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 you're a podcast co-host. Mm-hmm. You have an obligation to tell people. The truth. How much do they actually cost? Oh God, I don't remember. But it was. It is on record as the most. It's ex- on Prime, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, 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 I see what you're saying. It's on record as the most expensive show ever produced. It's per the episode. RRR of America. Yeah, exactly. Okay. More and than I'm, more than Game of Thrones. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. No, it's cool. like number one. Uh, visually breathtaking. Mm-hmm. The landscapes. They nail so much of it. My only complaint so far is it's. A- <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, dude. I was gonna I was gonna edit it. It's out. a little heavy handed <laughs> on the uh rousing speeches. That's Tolkien for you. Yeah. Exactly. That's that's so canon. But I am really enjoying it. So Okay, so what I'm gonna wanna know is who directed most of these. And I will say in the meantime that, that the reason I haven't watched it yet, I'm a, I'm a diehard Lord of the Rings guy. But my dad and I and my sister kinda like when I was I think I was probably six when the fellowship came out. So I've been waiting to like watch it with my dad, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen. He might actually come up to visit on uh, Sunday, which is two days after this comes out. So um, if I don't start it before then, I will have by then. But who do you know uh, about directing? Uh, so it's a conglomeration mm-hmm. of directors. Sure. So the first couple were directed by a gentleman named J.A. Bayona. All right. Uh, he did The Impossible and A Monster Calls. Uh, he did okay. the first two episodes, and then uh, some of the other ones were directed by Britain's Wayne Yip. And Swedish director, Charlotte Brandstrom. Nicely done all the way around on pronunciation, by the way. Thank you. Okay. Well, so yeah, di- I mean, different directors, but love the dwarves in this, love the elves in this. It's, you know, young Elrond shows up yeah. quite a bit too. And then young Durin. Durin sure. Durin of Durin's Bane. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Isildur's in this. Yeah. Makes like, sense. There's, it's, it's pretty cool. I feel like you're going to nerd out pretty hard on a lot of the lore. Okay. It feels like as a prequel, they're really setting things up to where this fits in well with the content that we already have over under house of the dragon not the right right way to use that phrase but Pre- uh, you know like what i mean better or worse yeah honestly on an episode by episode basis i think i'm enjoying and having more fun watching this the rings of power we we you and i owe but i really like house of the dragon our so patreon th- community a full recap of that show yeah and i finished i finished like a month ago yeah um, so maybe we can prioritize that, but I, I was like kind of okay with it. Yeah. It was good. It, yeah, we'll get into that. I yeah. have strong thoughts right. on the last I like, do too. three episodes. I do too. Yeah. Uh, but overall I'm enjoying this more. I'm confident in saying that. Okay, great. Uh, I will make a point to start watching it this week it's, so that by the time you finish, you can wait like two weeks and then I'll be done. The whole thing just feels like putting on a comfortable sweater that you haven't put on in years. That's just, it feels so right. It's broken in. Yeah. It feels comfortable. You're, you're home. You're like, oh. There's a, I'm going to segue. There's a TikTok video um, where a group of friends ate everything that the people in the films ate oh, in, the, in the first three. 
not the Hobbit stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they did it over the course of, I think, three days because they eat a lot in those movies. Yeah. But I feel like me and you could put together a Patreon event where we just <laughs> cook, you know, like tea time and breakfast, second breakfast, dinner, lunch, all the stuff. That'd be fun. And do like, you know, like, I don't know what happens when they say long bottom leaf, but I like we smoke weed maybe. I'm not sure. But like we have like like apples and biscuits and, and mutton and mead and yeah. like that kind of shit. It would be so fun. That'd be fun. This time of year especially. I could bring my ale horn. Of course, yeah. you absolutely should. You have one too. No, it didn't survive. Oh, that's right. The, the, the location changes. It happens. But I'd like another. Christmas is coming. Um, you mentioned different species or or classes of creatures, mm-hmm. stoners, others. Yeah. Name the others. So it was stoners, bloods, which are the vampires. Right. It was um, uh, scales, which sure. are the sirens, and then uh, werewolves. And that was it. What would probably be the name would be Screamers, which would refer to Banshees. Mm-hmm. Here's the segue. I saw the Banshees of Inisherin <laughs> on, uh, on Monday at the pageant, which is, is the latest film from Martin McDonough, who did uh, Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri, and, and In Bruges. Which is all up there. Which I is, is, is all-time sort of sort of uh, dark comedy satire stuff, um, starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. Mm-hmm. So is the Banshees. Of Sharon. And this is a movie that I am very excited to see. It was highly anticipated by both me and you. Oh no. No, no, no. It's it's very good. Um, and and we're gonna talk about this at length, you and I, but I wanna say for now, do see it. Okay. I I saw the movie with a friend, mm-hmm. and at the end I said, I caught myself. I was gonna say, What'd you think? And instead I said, How do you feel? Because I think there's certain directors, um, Luca Guadagnino being one of them. That that attempt to evoke emotion rather than discussion, mm. and I was so sad at the end of Banshee. I've heard that it's very sad. It's 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 soul crushing in a way. Oh wow! The thing about dark comedy and satire, when it's done well, is that it really will shake you to your core. Um, I think Colin Farrell's doing great work here. Him and Brendan Gleeson have a really really incredible give and take. Such an undeniable. Um, it's 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 it's. it's 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 human. It's 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 a brilliantly shot movie, wonderfully performed. Um, Barry Keoghan's in it as, uh, as well as Carrie Connor, who plays um, Colin Farrell's sister. There's really great performances. It's really sad. Um, it's really worth watching, and I'm excited to talk about it when you see it. Um, so please do. And it comes out next next weekend, I think. It's next Tuesday, I believe. So we're gonna cover it. I think the uh, you know week or two after next. Um, but it's if you guys haven't had a chance, it's coming to HBO. Mm-hmm. Um, so watch it if you can. The Banshees of Inisherin, um, very, very much worth your time. Though, give yourself a day to process. It's a it's a heavy movie. Fair enough. Okay, uh, what else do you have? That was it for me. Okay, just then, a couple TV shows. What else you got? A couple shout outs. Uh, I played in Reno with a band. I flew in my friend Josh Haig from Portland and played with Ethan Sweat and Rob Delgado. We played uh, three nights in Reno. It was a really, really good time. Played a ton of fun, dancey songs. Lost my voice, drove through snow. It was a whole thing. Had a guy flip us off after every single song until I called him out. What a dick. It was rough. He did it two days in a row. And the second day, I was like, I'm not having this anymore. You made it through a whole day? He did it one time. Like, we were singing Come Together by the Beatles, who nobody hates. Good song. Um, And he, I had my in-ears in, um, which if you don't know what that is, like headphones that kind of cancel out noise from people that flip you off. Mm-hmm. 
And he walked up to the stage and like was going to put something in the tip jar. And I was like, thank you. And then he like, I could see that he was mouthing something. And all I could see was him mouthing, fuck you. And like flipped off everybody in the band. All four of us. Wow. And and then I went, with, I was holding my pick like this. And then I stuck out my middle finger, but he was gone. I was like, all right, I guess the guy was having a bad day. But then the next day he was back. He was sitting over, you know, kind of like two o'clock from me at the far end of the bar. And we were playing the, like our second song. Just like the most audacious middle finger straight in the air, just like this. And then I threw up mine for a second. And I was like, oh, no, I'm on camera, so I can't. And he kept doing it. And I said, I said, um, and I've said this twice now. I've, I've told somebody the story. What I said was, um, right before our last song of the first set, I was like, hey, we're, uh, you know, Max Bet in the Penny Slots. We're from Chico, California. If you like what you're hearing, we've got a tip jar right up front. But if you're going to sit at your seat and flip us off after every single song, we ask that you tip us a little bit more. <laughs> that sort of thing. And then he um, did not look up, did not come to the stage, and walked out the other way around the bar Good. and left. Um but what, like, what, what, just brazen jerkiness? Like, yeah. don't do that, dude. What are you doing on a That's Saturday? That's so rude. Like, I even, like, I get that not everybody probably likes my voice or our music, but like, come on. God, that makes What me do you have me. going on in your life that you are just like sitting, pressing buttons, gambling? You're like, I'm drinking. He was drinking, like, you know, not that it's indicative necessarily, but he was drinking, like, really painstaking to make cocktails and was tipping. I verified this with the bartenders, like, 40 cents per drink. I was like, you douche. You're just big bag of douches. Yeah. So. God, I wish I would have been there. I would have caused a scene. Yeah, well, I invited you, man. I know. But you did have to drive back <laughs> It was insane. I drove there and back. A Hobbit's Hill by Bil Bilbo Baggins through the snow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My car wouldn't have made it. No, not a chance. So. Anyways, that's uh, my week in a nutshell. I love it. Yeah. Well. All right. What's left to do? Can, can you do it? Me? Just say all the stuff. Uh, does the Four Loco gone? No, so let's talk slowly. We can't finish till we're done. All right. Well, once again, this episode would not be possible without the support of our patrons, our friends at KZFR, 90.1 FM. Of course, our lovely sponsor, The Handlebar Chico, sister. Bailey Minardi, nice. Four Loco, <laughs> Crowns and Hops Brewing. Official sponsor. We'd love to thank all of them. And uh, yeah, that's this is Fresh Shop Cinema. Remember, watch, drink. Here's the thing. Drink good beer. Watch good movies, and above all, be good to each other. We'll see you next week. I'm Max Minardi. I'm Johnny Summers. Bye. Love you. This is Fresh Hop Cinema.